welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. So hey, welcome to the Zephyr Podcast Sessions. It's great to be back this week. And this week I'm joined by Simona Zanette of um, Hearst. Hey, Simona, how are you? Hi, Scott. I'm fine, thank you. What about you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's nice and sunny here whilst we're recording this right now, so that's always good. Look, it's a pleasure to have you on today. For our listeners who um, don't know you, could you just do a quick intro to you, your role, and who you work for? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, I'm the managing director of Hearst Digital. That's the digital hub based in Switzerland um, with two souls, basically. So the editorial soul that produces the content for uh, the Italian titles, uh, digital titles, of course. And then on the other end, the production team that produces uh, um, the multimedia content for our clients who advertise on the Italian or the international titles. Um, and uh, since January last year, I'm also responsible for uh, the white label production. So what we call content agency, multimedia production for third party where nobody knows apart us and the client that is done by Erst and uh, um, the Erst live division uh, that is basically uh, the newly born events area for uh, our brand events so far no it's uh it's a, it's a lot of different areas there and i know we're going to dive in on some of that um over the next 10 15 minutes or so um if i ask you and this is probably a big question what do you do day to day as your role how could you answer that well um coordinating resources to get the best results from them, uh, making sure they are okay and everything works smoothly. And sometimes from time to time, the part of my job that I love more is that I try to uh, give my contribution to creative ideas, to find solutions for either our brands or our clients. Nice. It's a, it's a great varied role and uh, it sounds very exciting. So what we're going to talk about today is um, kind of revenue streams for Hearst and, uh, and what you've um, diversified over the past few years um, and essentially uh, focused down on, on the content stuff that you just uh, mentioned then and also Hearst Live. If, um, if you looked at previous revenue streams and past revenue streams for Hearst, what was that predominantly? It is still predominantly uh, print advertising, but uh, let's say five years ago, more or less, um, they called me. I was working for another company and they proposed me to uh, deep dive into the possibility of having new revenue streams. Uh, and one of them was based on our core production. That is, it's of course, content. Uh, we have been producing content both on print and digital for ages, uh, but we thought that that content uh, uh, becoming uh, storytelling more and more important for all the companies that uh, were moving from traditional advertising to storytelling advertising uh, and not having any structure in, in house. We followed the saying of our president that once said during a meeting um, that it's not because we have been talking about 
bags for ages in a very nice and smart way that if tomorrow morning we open up a, a bags production company, we are, we, we are going to be very good. So in the same way, um, clients or brands or companies who need to, to tell their story and produce multimedia content need experts to do it. So uh, what I loved of that idea of uh, basically leveraging on one of our basic skills is uh, that we are different from normal agencies, for example, because most of the people who work on content production um, for third parties are uh, basically coming from uh, the the journalistic, the editorial side, so they really know what to do and, and how to tell stories, especially for luxury clients, in a very good way. Uh, so we opened up this uh, revenue stream, and after that, um, just two years ago, we thought that the same could happen with uh, the events. We were used to uh, basically organize our brand events, getting uh, um, on board some sponsors, etc. And we thought that this as well could become a service to be offered to third party clients uh, producing their own events, uh, their exhibitions, their um, pop-up stores and so far and so forth. So that's what we did. Nice. So you kind of had content as a service or that kind of background and event as a service. I like that. And obviously we're in the world of software as a service as well. Everything's as a service these days. So um, with regards to the, let's let's focus on the um, the content as a service just quickly. So that's, that's a really interesting revenue stream. And obviously I really like the uh, following your president's uh, quote there as well and how you kind of drive these ideas did you have to dive into this um from a from a, a deep perspective when when driving this how how did you set your kpis about how this was going to work well actually we have been looking at the branded entertainment uh, market and uh, that mainly is based on tv uh, productions and then we have been looking at how much costs uh, for example for us to produce one month content uh, or one month shootings for our publications and we mm, started from that we also evaluated which were the people uh, inside our company who were more uh, prone to become um, what I call an hybrid. Basically, my teams are made of hybrids, uh, things that do not exist in nature that we create. So um, we started from journalists who had uh, a multimedia attitude and uh, also who were very keen uh, to get in touch with the final client and so project manager like editorial media plans for them. Uh, then we decided, and it's still evolving actually, it's such a, a young revenue stream and a young service that uh, every time you need to add uh, some characteristics. So then we decided that we would also like to try to hire some project managers, especially born in startups, etc., uh, but with the passion for writing and the passion for photo editing, etc. And that's what we did. Uh, together with people who are a creative copywriter, um, creative social media manager. So currently the team is composed of all these hybrid professional profiles uh, that uh, basically help us producing content as if 
we were producing it for one of our titles, but uh, on uh, um, editorial media plans that are done for websites or social profiles of our clients' brands. And on the other end, uh, we also understood that making a shooting, a photo shooting, a fashion shot, a photo shooting for one of our titles uh, could become a service for making a photo shooting for the catalog, for the advertising campaign of a brand client. And, and this is what we have been doing, basically. I like that. I like that. And how long, how, how long did it take you to kind of spin this out? Was it months and months, years or...? Well, the first year and a half was uh, fail and try, try and fail and <laughs> learn. Uh, then we settled down and now it's basically three and a half years that we grow uh, double digits year on year. And even, wow. in, and even this year uh, in, uh, in a COVID period that has been damaging the revenues and the plans of everybody, uh, first three forecast, uh, uh, we said, okay, we are gonna go equal to last year, yep. but so far, uh, we are basically, um, hiring the, the goal, the objective, because we have already done what we have done last year, what we had done last year. Yeah, that's very exciting as well. Yeah, and obviously, I, I bet seeing that project go from from zero to, to hero over that time is, is great. Um, and it's a great revenue stream. And it's obviously something you, you knew you had all this expertise in house. Um, there, there was people there you could uh, lean on, you could work with and you could uh, kind of um, uh, move through that process in the right direction which it, which is great there and obviously it's great to see that that's uh, exceeding expectations this year as we know revenue streams have been hit hard um, and I'm assuming that the next part of this revenue stream we're going to talk about has been hit pretty hard at the moment with the live events um, so that probably brings us quite nicely onto the live events um, uh, live events are they a big part of your business a new part of your business how does that work well they they as I said were basically just the brand events so each of our title has got a couple of events each year and we were organizing them and uh, sponsor hiring sponsor getting sponsored uh, money for for the events uh, then we decided that this could become a, a service to offer to the client what happened is that we decided it at the end of last year so <laughs> yeah yeah Right timing, <laughs> spot yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. So we basically uh, got together for the moment three people uh, and we gave them the objective to uh, prepare creative formats of events to be sold on the market to clients. So organizing like dinners, like parties, like pop-up uh, store uh, inauguration, etc. cetera. Um, and then COVID came. So basically everything is going from physical to digital. Yep. And the biggest difficulty is, of course, we had to reforecast and this time uh, to downsize our objective. Uh, but we had the chance to, first of all, um, I always think that you need to find uh, the bright side of life, uh, no matter what happens. And uh, is, is the reason why I have been always called the half glass full princess so uh yeah that's that's the name that they gave me because i said guys we have the opportunity first of all to learn and to check all the the platforms digital platforms their 
uh, features to work with new people because we started working with illustrators, we started working with uh, uh, sound technicals uh, and all these kind of people who we would have not met if the events would have remained just physical. And so this is basically enriching our um, DNA and our knowledge with all this new stuff. Uh, so far, we are planning to have all the events uh, just digital, apart from the film festival in Venice, that it, it seems to happen for real so wow. far. Yeah. When, 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 when is that supposed to be? Usually is first week of uh, September. And with our L title, we have started um, an activity that is called Talking to L. And so we have a sofa, a red sofa, that basically came from a production we have done for the Friends anniversary last year. Okay, and we yeah. have been carrying on throughout the year. So we will have two locations with the sofa physically and interviewing uh, basically actors, directors, etc., on what is gonna be the future of the movie industry and taking into consideration the fact that going to the theater is gonna be difficult, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So this is the only one that we have been maintaining physical. For the rest, we have transformed all the other events into digital. What we have learned is that digital events cost as much as physical events to be produced. And, but they don't give the same experience. I love digital. I'm managing director of a digital company. It couldn't be uh, the opposite. And I have always been using all the digital services possible in my life. I don't enter a supermarket probably last time was 10 years ago, but <laughs> still um, tasting a cocktail prepared by a barman in front of you and sharing and smiling and talking to people around you compared to doing it at your place watching other people doing it at their place through a yeah. screen it's it's different no absolutely and uh I, I, there's a few different things I'll, I'll jump into there but um it's a, that's a great analogy i like that and uh, it obviously makes sense there's a lot of different things that you don't even think about from physical events that you you'd miss at the digital events in the b2b way it's it's the lunches and those networking opportunities in a in a b2c it's having the the uh, the sponsors provide those entertainments or whatever that might be at the side uh, as you go through that as you say the cocktails um and and i really like that 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 thought process there um I, I did see the other day i i don't know was it in it might have been in italy um and it was the uh, theater we talked about theaters then it was a theater that they performed in front of lots of flowers or something and i think i saw it on on something i was reading the other day it, uh, it was a very strange situation but obviously there is this huge kind of um uh transformation in in the theatrical uh area the event space festivals have all been cancelled this year um obviously this is these yeah if, if you've agreed to to start this at the end of last year and then obviously straight into this period of time it's 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 not a great situation but do you think these two so we've talked here about content and live events are these two successful for for yourself do you see them as successes even though the the the, the situation currently and things that have happened Yes, I think that these are two uh, revenue streams that can grow and will grow in the future. 
one for sure, the production, the content production is still on its ramp phase and I'm sure uh, that it will grow more and more. And the, on the other side, the event, uh, no matter if in what the future has got for us in his mind, uh, we will see if it's going to be specializing on digital events uh, or uh, at least for a couple of years, or if we can go back to uh, to physical ones. Uh, but I think that together with exhibitions, that is another thing that we do with our decoration division, uh, it's going to be very important for someone who works in a, a publishing company like us uh, to transfer their knowledge throughout these uh, new revenues, uh, revenue streams and new activities. And it's very important in the end that we diversify because we all know that traditional advertising is decreasing year on year. So basically this is what moved us to sit down one day and say, listen, what are we capable to do and how we can, can we transform it in order to make it profitable? And this is how these this things came out. And I like that. I like the diversification there. Um, it's, it's, it's very positive to see this happening. Obviously, with um, the different areas we've seen, as you touched on then, traditional advertising is decreasing year on year. Um, uh, it, it probably won't go away completely, totally there's going to be some play for that. Um, we've seen subscriptions kind of drive over the past, well, five years, let's say. And that's just increased. Obviously, coronavirus has brought around an increase in subscriptions and things like that as well. Where do you see revenue streams in five years? Hmm, that's, a, that's a nice question. I think that more and more we will have to transform what we do. In a sense that I have always been against the concept of things that die in communication because even in fashion even in, in art if you look at that it's always there's always something coming back and yeah. it's just in a transform matter when i look at the social network today it's what the communities and the forums and the blog were some years ago some 10 years ago and then it's like what people gathering and talking together uh, was 20 years ago. So in my opinion, everything transforms and uh, the way to intercept these trends is just to um, value what you have been doing so far and value it uh, in uh, the um, opinion, in, in the direction, sorry, of uh, going with something new without forgetting where you come from. Uh, so there's always a way to transform and innovate your product uh, based on your capabilities. And, and I think that communication is always uh, going to stay. It's just uh, a matter of finding new ways of communicating. Uh, and without the, the worry of failing, because some of these activities may fail, and uh, but I think that you need to always try and also always find uh, the new cut, the new side of things. And for yeah. example, in our case, hiring new young generation people is very important because they have uh, uh, a different point of view. Uh, just want to share with you uh, a quick anecdote that 
made me think some years ago. So like five years ago, when I was the IAB Italy president, we were organizing our yearly forum. And uh, the guys came to me and said, listen, we need to have this guy as a speaker. And the guy was a YouTuber. Uh, who was one of the most famous for commenting video games. Okay. And when I saw, they didn't tell me, so they just showed me their video. When I saw the video, I said, okay, guys, fun. We have a laugh, but we're not going anywhere with this person. And they were like, no, listen, this is a new trend, blah, blah, blah. And, and of course it was. But the question that raised into my mind is, uh, I've been doing this work, this job in communication for almost 25 years now. Uh, am I still the right person to understand how to talk to new generations? This was the big question. And the answer was yes and no, in a sense that, uh, of course, you can learn, you can try I remember the first time I tried TikTok and I was wondering what does it mean? Uh, Don't worry. I I still worry. I don't know what it means. We'll go with that. (laughs) And and then there are things that you will understand and like and go ahead with. There there are going to be things that you will not probably understand 100%, but this is why you need to talk to the young generation. I usually have lunch with my guys once a week if if I can. And sometimes they talk about things I completely ignore, and uh, uh, and then I deep dive into that, and and I understood that really in that there are going to be new trends for sure, but also the biggest trend according to me is the transformation and the innovation on what is already existing. So the new versions of what is already existing. I like that, and uh, thank you for that. Uh that nice way of framing that um and i like the way that you say am i the right person yes and no so you like listening and uh, but also you 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 like learning as well from these new trends uh, the youtube story is quite funny um and uh, yeah maybe we'll talk about that further at a different time but look um simona it's great to chat to you i've got two more questions for you and i haven't ri- written these down um so let's see let's see what the answers are so firstly um uh, say we go to a bar and we're, we're gonna have a drink what's your go-to drink of choice on a summer's day well um ginger ale <laughs> ginger ale look at that it's a good choice and uh secondly um, I'm curating a um, an upbeat playlist music for uh, for th- for this. What's your go-to song to add to that playlist? Well, that's a that's even more difficult. Um, <laughs> I like dancing, so I would love something like more, uh, let's say, reggae or or South American music. That's my the the sound for my summer. Perfect. I'll find some place it on the playlist for you look Simona it's great to chat to you um, thank you very much for being on the Zephyr podcast sessions this session has been um, a great insight into into the work you're doing what how you're diversifying your revenues and then working with your team to get the best out of them and and try things at the end of the day try things yes you might fail but then you try again so that's great to hear as well um, but it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you um, thank you very much for for your time And uh, again, thank you for being on the Zephyr Podcast Sessions. Thank you, Scott.